0: Welcome to the Alternative Data Podcast. Welcome to the Alternative Data Podcast, powered by CFM. I'm Mark Fleming Williams. In this episode, I speak to Orr Lenchner, the CEO of Bright Data, a web scraping alternative data provider. As well as being one of the largest web scraping companies in the world, Bright Data is currently embroiled in a lawsuit with Meta. That might shape the future of web scraping as a business. Aura and I discuss the history of bright data and the state of play with the court case. Separately, for any Japanese listeners, I will be in Tokyo during the week of April the 17th and would be delighted to meet any data-related people while I'm there, so please do reach out. So, in this episode, I am joined by Orr Lenchner of Bright Data. Thank you very much for joining today, Orr. Thanks, Mark, for having me. You're very welcome. Um, so, Orr, Bright Data is a um, and and please correct me if I mischaracterize the company, but it's it's a web scraping related alternative data provider. Can you can you can you uh, can you do better than that?
1: Um, well, I can always do better. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but yeah, that, that you know, high-level explanation, it is what you said. But um, to put it, you know, to, to add some more color on top of that, we developed SaaS platform, software as a service, or DAS, data as a service uh, product since 2014 with one job in mind or one goal in mind, which is allow everyone basically to collect publicly available web data
0: perfect that's a good that's a good start um and bright data has also been in the news recently because there has been it has been embroiled in a in a court case with with meta um which we can which we can potentially touch on later as well because it's very much a, a matter of the moment but um or Let's begin, if we can, by going back. Um, it's sometimes nice to understand where we are from where we've come from. Um, so, I mean, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by your personal story because you're the, you're the CEO today. Um, tell me how you joined Bright Data, what the company was like when you joined, what was the kind of vision when you joined. Um, what was? T- tell me that story.
1: Yeah, so I joined 2015 to an existing company i'm not a founder i'm today i'm the ceo back then i had uh, i had my own businesses actually always around web internet products i'm a product guy i I just i enjoyed building products um and and just launched multiple projects and some were successful some were complete failure that's the fun part and um In 2015, I met the two founders of Bright Data. Previous name was Luminati Networks. That was a while ago. We rebranded, I think, 2021. And I, I saw what they're doing. I saw where it's heading. It took me, I think, less than two weeks. I sold all of my other businesses and joined as a junior product manager so i was you know i was my own boss for for a few years doing so you job. went from
0: you went from ceo to junior junior product manager
1: yeah well you know it's a different scale <laughs> i was the ceo of, of, <laughs> of, of my own company with a few employees and smaller projects but yeah because i, I knew it's going to be huge mm. and i you know, from the product perspective i knew that it's going to be a great opportunity for me and an, an incredible challenge that i wanted to take and yes i joined as a junior product manager in 2015 how big how big was the company back then um probably wow that's a it that was a while ago probably oh, 20 30 employees
0: mm, okay and it was it was 2015 what's what's with so i, I haven't said Web is is um is is based out of israel what is with israel and alternative data because it really is a little pocket of 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 alternative data companies in the in the kind of you know there aren't any you know lebanon isn't big for alternative data there's no there's nowhere else around there. greece isn't big you know what why what what is it about israel do you think which 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 you know we've got similar web which was um the first uh data unicorn which is out of there um what what's what's the um what, what what what's the buzz why is it why is it happening there
1: I have to say, I, I don't think it has anything specifically related to alternative data. It's more about the ability to move fast, build you know innovative technology, identifying the trends, and then being pretty aggressive, I would say, going out to the world with you know, this these products or technologies and 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 just trying until succeeding. It's more of a local DNA thing more than you know a focus on a specific industry, I would say.
0: It's maybe it's a tech
1: thing? It's a combination of a tech thing with not being able to get a no as an answer, I would say. That's <laughs> <it>.
0: <laughs> what about what about the finance side? Is there what is there a big markets vibe going on um around you? Do you feel that a lot of people interested in in um in the markets?
1: Oh definitely. Definitely. Oh. It's true. Not just from now. That it's it's true for for a while in the alternative data industry specifically, but also not not just. Um, now today it's, we're 2023 now. Uh, markets has changed a bit, um, but a year ago you could you know, just shout in the street. Alternative data startup, and someone would throw a check on you. <laughs> That's not the case anymore. Um,
0: very nice. So um, you joined in 2015. It's it's kind of 2030 people. Um, is the is the vision of Bright Data, the company you joined, the same as the one it is now? Is it just a larger version of the same thing, or, or has it or has it changed?
1: Well, it's the same but bigger and broader. What happened in 2015 actually is that the problem and the solution kind of found us uh, and not the other way around like it it's usually happens so the company started working on on similar technology but for a different use case and we got some traction from businesses from the market saying hey if if you can do these changes if you can do these tweaks in the product we'll use it and we'll pay for it and 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 this is how we learned from the market that the problem is big and the problem is that you have the largest database in the history of humanity, which is the internet and it's just growing and growing and growing. But the accessibility for that source is limited. That's the problem. Now we kind of solve that problem um, with, you know, accidentally, I would say, and we got the feedback from the market. What we need to do to, to, to make it Know, a specific product to solve that problem. We did that. And then what do you,
0: wait, 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 there's a lot of, there's a lot of broad terms being thrown around. What, sorry. What, what do you mean by the accessibility is, is, is limited to the internet?
1: So everything that we're doing today is being uploaded online. Also what we're doing literally right now, talking to each other, that's going to be live probably uh, right after, and it's going to be in the internet labeled and, and you know, stored forever. Mm -hmm. And that's true for everything that is going on. And you want access to this resource, just like you want access to to water as as a human being. uh, You want access to data if you're a business, if you're an organization, if you're an NGO, if you're anyone. If you're a private person and you want to check your social media network, that's access to web data. And if you're a business, you want alternative data to be- to get better investment decisions. You also want to have access to the data. Now, let's just focus the discussion on what we're doing. We're doing only public data. So everything that you can see within your own eyes on the web without doing any Um, login or sign up or paying uh, to a paywall or something like that. That's public information, at least by our definition. I think this is how most people define public information. And this is limited. This is limited because the websites that store that public information, for example, an e-commerce platform that you you can go in and see the prices for all of the products that... uh, you compete with as, as a business, for example, they are actively trying to block you from accessing this information. So if they believe that you are a consumer that is going to spend money on their, in the platform, they will let you in. And if they will suspect that this is not the case and you are using automation, for example, our products, to collect that public information, uh, usually, in large scale, they will do whatever they can to block you. Now, the funny part is that most of them are our customers, and also trying to block us. Uh, you know, so uh, their competitors won't be able to use our pla- our products and technology to to scrape to collect that public information. Do I you find that it
0: works. Do you find it useful in this situation? I, I, uh... Sometimes people uh where, particularly when they're thinking about kind of regulation around around web scraping, um, then they sometimes like to make kind of real world analogies. Like, um, you know, if you were working if you were walking past a shop, um, then you'd be able to see inside that shop what the what the um you know, what the prices were. So, well, you'd be able to see what was inside the shop. It's the uh, Maybe it's a kind of the or, or or perhaps we could talk about the kind of the town square. Kind of this is this is a public space that we're we're talking about, and so it, it it's publicly available information. Do you um, do you do you often find yourself um, thinking back to that, to the real world analogies, and relying on that when you're thinking about kind of what's right and what's wrong in in this space, and but also kind of as an extension from that. Do you think a shop would let a competitor come in and systematically have a look at all their prices? I don't know. They probably, they, they, maybe they would if it was done subtly. I'm not
1: sure. I'm actually always using the real world analogies, specifically those you've mentioned. But let, let me, let me try to to use one of these. I think it will make everything much clearer. Hmm. Um, taking two you know, grocery stores, supermarkets, No. Oh. I have one, you have an, an, a competing one. We're on the same street or same neighborhood. I'm sending my employee to go to your grocery store to check wh- how you price your tomatoes. I want to price mine 10% cheaper because I want more traffic into my grocery store and I want to sell my stock. Okay, it's By the way, it's great competition. Eventually, the end user, the, the, the person that needs tomatoes, will win He will be able to get the same quality product for a cheaper price. That's good. Now, think about you as the competing grocery store owner, letting everyone walk into your store, but then you see my employee and you blocking him, physically blocking him from walking into your store. What will happen next is that a police officer will come to your store and will tell you, hey, you cannot discriminate anyone based on their working uh, place so let him in or I will arrest you. Um, you know, at least in democratic countries uh, this is how it should be. Now this is what's going on that's not a, that's an analogy for, for something that is actually happening you have this secret shopper um, practices going on forever and that's a good thing. Now the absurd is that what I just described the, the, the complete opposite happens online. What actually happens online is that the store owner, again, let's use an e-commerce example, um, will try to block you because he suspects that you are not going to spend your money in his shop. Okay? Mm. And for some reason, that's kind of an, an acceptable practice. We're trying to change that. Now, we're trying to change that, first of all, with technology. But we're also very loud and, and active about that. We're talking to regulators. We're trying to you know, to speak up with anyone who's willing to listen because no one was ever able to convince me and Bright Data, or I think no one even tried even, that ex- accessing, uh, that blocking access to public information can somehow be a positive thing. It cannot be a positive thing. Now, you can see... Here in Israel, I'm in Israel right now, but it's true for other countries also. You can see laws and regulations surrounding that issue that, um, for example, um, forcing or requiring, I will use the same example, supermarkets that has also online presence, they have to publish their rates on a daily basis. Okay, because this is the right thing to do. This will create transparency that will lead to competition that is good for the economy.
0: Okay, I think um, I think I think that's a that's a very robust response, and it's um and it's and it's very, it's very very compelling. Um, or so tell me, so um, Bright Data, what is the what's the company model? How does how does a how does a customer come to you? What do they what do they discover? What do they um receive as a kind of offering? what What's in your What's in your brochures?
1: Sure. So we have I would say two major product lines with uh, an additional one uh, evolving as we speak. The first product line is infrastructure products, proxy infrastructure products. Um, this is how we started. It means that if you as a business wants to collect data from the web and you want to do it for some strange reason, um, all by yourself and write a scraper and that will go into the website, handle the blocking mechanisms, find the data, extract it, parse it, and all of that, fine, you can do that. Uh, What you you will usually fail to do is to go to the internet in large scale without being blocked because you only have a very limited amount of IP addresses that you you know you you own in your office, whatever it is, then you need to use a proxy infrastructure product, um, and this is our first uh, product suite. Uh, on top of that, we have the more advanced product line, which is our data collection tools. Um, it's it's a, a very broad um, line of products that you can use. You know, if you're an engineer, you can use our IDE to code your own scraper. If you're a brand manager or, I don't know, an investment uh, director in a, in a company and you just need an Excel sheet, then you can just get an Excel sheet. So the spectrum of um, how to use it and, you know, who's the buyer of the products is very broad, from extremely technical to not technical at all. Does the, uh, buyer,
0: do, does the buyer usually come... Um... Uh, with a with a with a plan in mind um how much how much uh, do they come and say hi i've got this thing that i really would like you to scrape and you let you do a deal and we start tomorrow and from then on you're 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 scraping it and and, and sending it through to them or is there more of a kind of yeah, are you more consultative you know they've got a problem um and perhaps you can help suggest uh ways of um solving it and going and exploring solutions together how, how's that how does the relationship work
1: So Bright Data in its DNA is a product company. We're not a a professional service company. We we don't want to be a professional service company. It doesn't mean we don't have a consultative sales process, but it always gets back to developing the best product possible. And it's always starting with a real problem. No one comes to Bright Data to hear about the new developments in the market because maybe they need data. No, it's always, I have to get the data as soon as possible. Like right now, because I have a project and I'm getting blocked and I, ha- I just need the data, please help me. Um, so we're uh, what we call the PLG, product-led growth company. We have today around 15,000 customers using Bright Data. Almost all of them got to the website, signed up, read the documentation and started using the products. So we're um, talking
0: we're talking words like speed, reliability, efficiency instead of words like kind of they they really listened. <laughs> I don't know, like uh, <laughs> what you know li- they listened as good as well, but it's much more of that kind of they are a really good tool.
1: Yeah, we always build our tools to be generic. So you know, we want to have we want you as a customer to ha- to get a tool that you can you know, quote unquote throw it on every website in the world and you'll get the data from it as long as it's public. And this is, you know, this is where we put most of our resources. We have over 660 um, granted patents structured from almost 4000 granted patent claims. There's a lot of innovation going on there and that's you know, the reason is that, you know, we want our customers to sign up, get the data now, if they want to talk, we're here. Over four hundred people willing to talk to them, but um, you know, no one wants to talk today. You've got, you've got to more than four.
0: To.
1: You've got more than four
0: hundred people now.
1: Yeah, almost four hundred fifty employees today. Yeah. Wow. Well, where where are your offices? The headquarters are in Israel. Uh, we just mm. moved to a, a nice, big uh, place after a few years that we've been growing. Uh, uh, constantly, um, we have the second large office in in New York City, and then we have employees in sixteen additional countries working remotely.
0: Are they so is that so is is Tel Aviv the kind of engineering hub, and the rest are kind of r- touching the market, reaching out as it kind of sales led. Would that be would that be fair?
1: That's usually the case. Actually, that's not the case with Bright Data. Um, we're kind of agnostic to. Who you are and what you know. What's your desired position? We open a position. We we really don't care where you live, where you want to work from. So um, you know, you just need to be the best. So it's unlike many other Israeli tech companies. I wouldn't say that most of the R&D organization is here in Israel it's kind of scattered around the world
0: is that is that a do you feel was that the case before covid or has this been a covid thing which which you've kind of uh, run with up to now
1: that was always the case uh, and that actually Helped us during COVID because you know business as usual.
0: And does does um does time zones cause you problems? If you've got you've got um you've got the US, you've got uh, the Middle East. Have you got have you got Asia as well?
1: Yeah, we really have like everywhere. Um, maybe except you know, Australia. We had someone in Australia a while ago. Um, I, I you know it's not that of an issue when. You try to recruit only people that are actually you know, owning their job and, and accountable for it. We we don't have meetings in the company. We actually we have a public document that specify how we do things. Uh, it's brightdata.com slash DNA. Um, it really you know instructions I would say for how to run this company. Maybe it's not for everyone but these are the, you know, the 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 operational instructions for how we do things including how we work uh, you know simultaneously asynchronously remotely um and how everything just moves together smoothly we release around 60 or 70 versions to our products every single day you know oh. that's you, you can't run that fast if you need to wait for someone to wake up and you need to, to do meetings. You know? We're just mm. running and pushing very, very strong and fast and everyone knows what they need to do and it's working.
0: Okay, so how would you characterize your, your clients? Would you, do you, do you keep them in some kind of buckets? Well, you don't keep the yeah. buckets, but do you, uh, do you visualize them in buckets um, or do you, yeah, how, how, would you, how would you kind of lay out that picture?
1: Yeah, so we identify somewhere around 30 major industries that are using us with a very long tail of maybe hundreds of other industries or use cases. So but, so I would say 30 buckets plus one, uh, and the one is very large, that, that long tail. Um, largest industry, or I wouldn't say largest, but... Our you know, the, the industries that are taking the the largest share uh, in Bright Data's business, um, e-commerce by far, financial services, marketing, obviously online marketing, online travel, cybersecurity, um, and 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 many more. So these are but but these are I would say like the top five or six industries that are utilizing our products to get online data.
0: I mean, in theory, it's anyone who's interested in the internet. um, And it's anyone who can extract value from the internet, which is a pretty kind of uh, unlimited um, customer base, potential customer base, because everybody uses the internet these days. So um, so I can I can see that. Um, From a financial services perspective, are we are we talking hedge funds?
1: We're talking about two of the Largest four largest American banks today. We're talking about the largest hedge funds in the world, VCs, PEs, private equities. Um, we, we, under the financial services bucket, we also uh, put uh, the um, consulting companies. So, most of the largest American uh, consulting companies uh, are also in that list. Um, yeah, all, all of these.
0: It's an impressive list um, and and web scraping in theory um, hypothetically is a is a it's a reproducible thing to do um, and so I would I would expect competition to be quite fierce and I'm aware of, of of various other companies who 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 offer similar type of services what would you put down your your success to what if in that you have 400 employees you've got um, as you say um, some of the some of the largest US banks for example which is a nice you know they're not gonna they're not going to suffer fools they that's uh, that's a that's a, um, a compliment um, that they that they're doing business with you how would you um, how would you explain it why 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 bright data
1: so first and, and you know, the, probably the main thing is technology it's just the problem is there we didn't created it the problem of you know not being able to access to data that's the problem we were fortunate enough to create the best technical solution in the right time to solve that problem
0: do you think you had some you you, you feel you had something of an early mover advantage
1: it's you know scraping was 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 a practice uh, in know in, in, in the internet since you know probably 30 or 40 years ago um, but we are able to constantly, Rethink the methods of how to collect this data effectively in large scale, with extremely high reliability. While
0: oh, you're oh you've you've, you're telling me what you've done. You're not telling me why you won. You're just telling me that you're telling me (laughs) that you won.
1: Okay, I get your point. Um, Yeah, so it's about the people that create that technology. We are always no, we we see everything that is going on in our industry because we are the source, everyone are using us. We're able to always identify what's gonna happen next, really to see into the future. And with with that DNA that we've built uh, for how we do things, how we build fast, how we release fast, how we fail fast, we are always able to build the right solution for the future problem um and we're i would even say we're obsessed on that you know we most of our time we talk to customers we meet the customers we meet the market we understand what's going to happen and then we 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 build very very fast i don't think i don't think we've nailed it i think if if uh if
0: if everything if what you tell me is true, and and um, and if if Bright Data is you know preeminent in, in its field, I think there is a there's a business school case to be done on, on I don't think we've I don't think we've drilled down to exactly what were the factors which which drove Bright Data's success. I, I think we need uh, we need a, we need some PhDs to have a look at this. <laughs> I,
1: I I think that you know, I, a few pieces of information that maybe can shed some light on what I said, and but but you know I, I'm welcoming every business <laughs> to come over like really let's do that so you no know, i told you that we are um, releasing like 60 to 70 updates to our products every single day okay every single day this suggests on on how we how we do technology we 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 move it in very fast pace very small iterations and then you don't sit and plan for two months that new cool feature then building it for two months and you know additional two months then release it to figure out that you know what no one really needs that we have an idea we make sure that we release the first broken ugly half working um version tomorrow then we feel the market the customer the feedback And we iterate, we iterate, we iterate every single day, multiple times. And then, you know, we don't think that we have good ideas and then we're smarter than anyone else. We actually think the the complete opposite. We think that we don't know anything, so let's just move fast. And with these small, fast iterations, we will just always build the right product, not because we're smart, just because we listen and we move fast.
0: You've created a good a good successful working process in is, is, I believe is what you're saying. but brilliant. okay so um, here we are um, it is uh, we're in March 2023. Um, you've got 400 employees. Tell me so um, you are currently as I mentioned at the beginning you're currently embroiled in a lawsuit with meta. Um, introduce that. I'm, I I will be led by you on this subject in terms of what you can and and, and can't talk about. Um, obviously, it's a it's a sensitive topic, so let's be let's be sensitive to it. But um, but but introduce the subject as 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 you would like to as to how how you see it came about. Um, perhaps the, the kind of the history of it. Um, just 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 tell me where this came from
1: of course and yeah as you said that current litigation so I can only speak about what's public and what is public um, becomes public when a lawsuit is being filed we have sued Meta and Meta also sued us so I can only speak about what uh what was written in these lawsuits and Who, who, who sued first we stood simultaneously. Okay. Uh, let's not get into the legal okay, t- okay, technicalities okay, okay. that the lawyers uh, discussed. Okay. Um, but um, it was all uh, became public, like really public, I think, when Bloomberg um, saw the lawsuits. They they read uh, the, the lawsuits and they, they wrote about it. So so I'll talk about that. Um, I'll start with some background. So I think you know, I explained what we're doing um already i'll also just mention that um, we're not a small company we're we're a company with a lot of resources we were acquired in 2017 by a british private equity a regulated british private equity um in 2021 we're a private company i can not share our numbers but in 2021 we we have shared that we've uh, that year we've passed the hundred million dollars in annual revenues. We're growing very very fast. We're producing a lot of profits. We're 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 doing what we're doing because there's a need to do that, and we're being also successful doing that. Um, that's like an additional important background. So uh, a few months ago, don't remember the exact dates. And that was, you know, again, what I'm going to say now is all in the public domain through the Mm -hmm. lawsuits. Um, Meta has contacted Bright Data, me personally. Um, and We we talked. They practically said um, that we need to stop scraping meta domains, even though they're public. Uh, And we need also to stop allowing customers to use our products, including our infrastructure products, to scrape Meta domains, even though they're public, we're talking about Facebook and uh, Instagram specifically. Um, when you
0: say they're public, do you mean the parts which are not behind
1: uh, login? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know everything that you can um, you know, open an incognito browser, you know, and, and try to see the data, you know, without doing without being logged in to anything. Anything you
0: can, anything you can Google essentially.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is literally what Google are doing. Yeah, yeah, and we, we obviously, we don't allow By the way, we never allowed, and we will never allow in the future to collect data behind the login, not because there is some law or regulation. I wish there was a law or regulation around that, because we are a self-regulated company, and we've decided in the early days that this is not OK. so, uh, we had discussions on the discussions themselves. I cannot elaborate, mm-hmm. but the end goal of the discussion was that um we we said that no we 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 can't allow not scraping public information. It's not you no know, putting the business aspect aside for a second, as I said before, no one was ever able to convince me that scraping public information is a bad thing. I'm not even saying that convince me that it shouldn't be done. I mean, no, no one was ever able to even start approaching that question in a logical manner because it's public data. And I'll use another analogy. Think about a, a journalist, a reporter uh, go, going uh, physically in the street and seeing, I don't know, some um, the mayor uh, fighting with someone it's the reporter's responsibility and expectations from him to report about that incident mm. that's it happened in the public domain what the reporter cannot do is to hear something about that mayor and like a gossip thing and then break into his apartment to get the information and and publish the story this is this is not this didn't happen in the public domain uh, and and this this is not okay. We, you know, no one, uh, everyone agreed with me on these things. Um, every, no, no matter who I'm speaking with, uh, even with, with with other companies uh, such as Meta. Um, so we said that um, we cannot accept that uh, cease or desist, and if uh, they want to go into enforcement and litigation, uh, this is what will happen. We told them that. Um, uh, we will uh sue back we the 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 technical uh, the legal uh, name of or uh, explanation of the action we've taken is declaratory judgment lawsuit we it's a lawsuit that we've filed in uh, delaware when meta where meta are incorporated mm-hmm. uh, and it practically says um to the court to the judge uh, hey we we are confident that what we're doing is the right thing. Uh, the other side doesn't agree. Please decide. Now, I want to put things into perspective, a very important perspective. Uh, and and oh, I would just say that Meta did the same, and uh, they sued us. Now, what the lawsuit is all about. The lawsuit is on, uh, and everyone can read that and, and understand the specific terms and language. I, I'm not going to read from it, but it's generally about a breach of contract. So Meta's claim towards Bright Data were that um, Bright Data have created Facebook and Instagram pages for the business, which is true, like most businesses in the world. During the creation of these um, brand pages on Facebook and Instagram, we have Bright Data accepted the terms of use of Meta, and in one of the places there it mentions that uh, you cannot scrape. Before the lawsuits were filed, Bright Data made sure to terminate all of our brand pages, both on Facebook and Instagram, including our subsidiaries, Uh, so there's no contract anymore. You know, if if this is their claim, fine, we terminated the contract. for some reason, we do not understand yet. That, that wasn't enough. Um, and we had to proceed into the litigation phase. Um, but the litigation is not about scraping good or bad, you know, web data collection, positive or negative thing to the world. I would actually love to have this discussion with them. Um, it's about a breach of contract. Hmm. Um, so it's not, so it's not, because the... There has been the
0: high Q versus LinkedIn, um, which has uh, put that whole philosophical philosophical question up in the air, and that's recently, as I understand, has been been um, uh, settled. Essentially, it's been it's been it's been closed, and and, um, and my understanding is that that is um, it's been closed in a way that doesn't necessarily settle. The question, you know, because it because it wasn't it wasn't via by via by full court judgment, um, right? So you don't see this as the new high high Q versus LinkedIn because it's a question of of, of breach of contract, which is a, perhaps a more you know um, familiar uh, uh, question for a um, for a for a court to be dealing with.
1: Well, there there's a lo- there's many there are many differences. And similarities between the cases, and again, the, this is me all trying to talk about uh, legal cases, and also not not the ones that involve bright data. So take everything. So in in the Haikyuu versus uh, LinkedIn case, it started pretty similar. So HiQ got a cease or desist letter from LinkedIn, um, and and you know it took years with a few appeals. But I think that the bottom lines were that, um, first of all, that Haiku didn't breach any servers. This was the initial claims um, that scraping can be somehow unauthorized, considered as unauthorized access to server. Th- that was not the case. And eventually it ended up with a settlement, and, and, and you no, know, without even discussing the merits of scraping. Um, now, I am confident that every tech giant in the world scrape. Uh, many of them are our customers. Okay, So it, so far, it only got to the place where you know, sides are litigating on breach of contracts and things like that and not on the concept of scraping good or bad uh, because scraping is good. Now, just going to get to Haikyuu, Hiq, at least by reading the the, the court filings, they did um, some they scraped data behind login to, mm-hmm. to LinkedIn in some instances, which is something we're not doing. We're actually and that, it's not that.
0: something you've something you've been accused of
1: doing. No, of course not, because yeah. we're not. Yeah. Um, and um and um yeah, and they also I think that so that so, 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 so contracts so not th-
0: scraping so that court case was potentially more about the question of whether um whether the the uh, in front of or behind a login was um you know whether whether that should be where the law was set um but in your case there's no that you're not even being accused of going behind a login um and so it's more so it's it's not it's not on the same um it's not it's not quite on the same subject and actually it's it's more of a as as we said it's a con- contractual dispute about facebook claiming that you agree to terms which um which you uh you have now severed
1: yeah we, obviously when you create an account you agree to the terms so that's fine we close the account and no contract anymore but we'll see how it unfolds by the way they also uh shut down my personal <laughs> facebook and instagram account yeah i mean i i you know you know what my i just I'm, I'm more effective in my daily work, that's fine. Um, I'm spending less time on social media networks. Um, just getting back to our story, so um, what was published on Bloomberg uh, is that in one of the exhibits that um, Meta included in their lawsuit against us, again, on that uh, breach of contract claims, they included an email from me to them um, mentioning, and, and they also already commented on that officially, that they were Bright Data customers for over six years using our products, uh, obviously, to, to, to scrape the web. This is why people are using Bright Data, to use our proxy infrastructure, um, to, to use our data collection products. And that's a great thing because everyone needs access to data to be more competitive, to be better. We have... I didn't even talk about it, but it's not just, uh, you know, I, I started mentioning that, you know, putting the business aside, we are serving some of the world's most important organizations. I'll give a few examples. And, and I we, we share these examples also with the other side, you know, just to make sure why we can't allow blocking access to public information. We've launched an organization three years ago named the Bright Initiative. Uh, That organization's goal is to give the Bright Data products for free, completely for free, to anyone who can prove they can use web data to do good. We are serving more than 700 organizations, for example, the UN, okay? So WIPO, World Intellectual Property Organization, it's part of the UN they are using the bright initiative meaning they're using bright data tools for free to find and fight online copyright infringement i i i, I won't go to the to wipo and tell them hey guys so there's a tech giant that wants to control the public data and within and limiting others from accessing it so you can't really do your job anymore and fight online copyright infringement. Okay, so good luck. I can't do that. I won't do that. We have at least four American NGOs that are using Bright Data products through the Bright Initiative, specifically data from Instagram and Facebook and others, to find and fight human trafficking and sex trafficking. You will be amazed from what you can find in the public web on social media networks. Mm. I won't go to these organizations, wish them all the luck in the world to save people lives, but mm, yeah, I can't help you anymore. I need to take care of my business. And there's a tech giant that is trying to limit access to the information that he does not own. He's just the billboard that presents that. Okay, great. Um. Okay, so
0: um, where do you think we're at with the lawsuit? We we have um, so it hasn't been to court yet. Where can you characterize where the where where the process is at from the way you're viewing it? So
1: we we've sued Meta in Delaware. They've sued us in California. Um, I think that we need to expect uh, probably a few months of um, discussions and motions and. and in uh, briefings in front of the different courts, and and we'll be smarter in a few months. So I don't think that uh, you know these things takes time until mm. you get to the actual claims and, and you know, each side can can speak up. Uh, we're not there yet. Okay.
0: So on the well, um, on the broader question, that kind of philosophical question of, of uh, web scraping and the and um and the the future of it really and and um and uh, regulation um i think we've touched on the fact that actually your court case doesn't isn't currently seeming to deal with that philosophical question um because it's not about the kind of what should be possible from a from a uh how much access should the law give a web scraper to be able to go out and, and scrape on a kind of um, on a on a on a on a, you know, as I say, on a kind of theoretical basis. Um, how do you, nevertheless, I will ask your opinion on it um, because obviously you're a major player in the space. Where would you um, make a case for that for that line to be drawn on web
1: scraping? I actually think that our court, uh, current court case uh, with Meta. Even though that it's not about scraping good or bad, bad it is about that, and I think that this will be the conduit or proxy to also to what will happen next with regulation. And I'll talk about regulation in a, in a minute. But what I mean is that think about what will happen if we didn't have the resources to go into that battle, legal battle. I look at my competitors. I think that all of them stopped scraping Meta domains, public domains. Okay, think about what will happen if we'll do the same. Last year, we processed five and a half trillion requests. That's five and a half times our customers reached out to the internet to fetch data. That's double the amount of global search queries on all of the search engines combined. Okay, if we won't go in that f- in that battle with Meta, anyone else? can claim similar you know can have similar claims and that's a slippery slope we can find ourselves blocking you know proactively blocking scraping to major sources that holds large uh, you know amounts of public data then alternative data wouldn't won't be where it is today it will go back then no, prices will arise because e-commerce platforms won't have the uh, the, the transparency they need to compete then you want to buy you will try to book a, a flight uh, and you want to find the cheapest one you won't find it because they're all using us to get this data and to be competitive that's not a good place to be in and so that's about our case and why I do think it's related to regulation we are eager that the regulators, will get decisions. I saw what happened with GDPR, talking about private data. Everyone were you know scared about it. I was the happiest person alive because finally, you know what you can and cannot do. Then you just need to comply. If you comply, by the way, you'll win. You'll be better than your competition. We are very active and loud about the need to regulate um, web data collection. We are a self-regulated company. I have a VP compliance here that came from KPMG with the ten people uh, team working twenty-four-seven or on, on compliance and ethics. We invest huge amount of r and resources in making sure that our products are compliant. For example, that no, it's not about just making sure we're only collecting public information. It's also making sure. Um, you know, what happened if we collected your email address while it was hosted on a public page? So we've built technology that will actually notify you through email and you can opt out. What will happen? Uh, you know, we don't want to slow any website and, and, and be too heavy on a server. So we have to monitor that and load balance that. So we do all of that because we understand the importance and we understand that no one will force us to do it. So we have to force ourselves. And the, we, we talk a lot to regulators. We are uh, an official partner or uh, advisor for the NDS, for example. That's the National Data Strategy uh, Task Force uh, of the UK. In the UK. Mm-hmm. In the UK, yeah. We, we do all of that. We go and lecture in the top universities in the world about web data collection ethics. Now, the regulator will catch up. It's... That's always the case. They're always always too late in the game, but it always happens, um, and we'll be there to to assist when 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 the time is right from the regulator side. Fantastic!
0: I think that's I think that's I think that's been really interesting, all. Um, and uh, and a real and a real kind of uh, a privilege to, to to speak to somebody who is um, a you know uh, has a very impressive personal story um and b as 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 part of of a of a of a great growth story of a company um and c is is also relevant right now in a in a in a great fight of our times potentially so um uh a great a great conversation of our times i've I really I, I want to be very careful not to take sides so i don't want to wish you luck with a court case but i want <laughs> to wish you luck with your with your with your endeavors in general um and um, and thank you very much for coming on
1: thank you for having me and let's at least agree that you know no one should block access to public information whatever that means <laughs> <laughs>
0: thanks very much thank you.